Somehow, my daughters fell in love with Formula One. I don't know how or why, but I'm not arguing. They may not know wheel, but does anyone? Hi, and welcome to We Don't Know Wheel F1. I'm Anne. And I'm Grace. We are two sisters who have recently discovered a love for Formula One because our dad has been obsessed for years and the best thing happened to him, which is Drive to Survive. It's very true. I think that show came out and he was like, thank goodness I can finally get my daughters into my number one passion. Which he definitely showed me like one-off episodes of season one. Like I remember watching the episode where Daniel Ricardo decides to go to Renault and they had him like jumping off the cliff in Spain. And I was like, this is really good. And then I realized it was a TV show. And at that point I was like, I don't think I want to get invested for a whole TV show. <laughs> I I got in it late once like the whole family was already into Drive to Survive. And they were like, Grace, this is what we're watching. And you can sit down and enjoy it or go away. And I was like, fine, <laughs> I'll hang out know. with you guys. Yeah. And then as soon as I started watching, it was, again, a Daniel Ricardo episode. And I was like, who is this guy? What's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> Do you know when I really got into it? It was what? a week when I bought my house. And mom and dad were helping me fix it up over my spring break. And we would come home every night from working on the house and we would watch like an episode or two to wind down from the day and it was when the third season had just come out and they were like two episodes into the third season I just jumped in with them and is that the COVID season like the beginning of the COVID, COVID season. okay and this is where I season, started too and it's a season they like kept teasing Roman Grosjean's crash over and over and over and we kept being like when is it gonna happen when is it gonna happen and yeah. that I will say that episode is still one of my like favorite episodes of TV in general. Yeah, that so I started on that season as well. I was staying at mom and dad's between finishing graduate school and moving for a job. And they were like, We're re-watching the third season of Drive to Survive. <laughs> Join or don't. And I joined and I was like, what is this? It's incredible. <laughs> and mom's sitting next to me on the couch with like a mug of wine, like just watch for the hot guys grace and I was like you're right did she actually <laughs> say that she said she definitely said something about like it's just a bunch of really good looking guys <laughs> oh my gosh I cannot believe yeah. she said that yeah that is hilarious yeah so so that's how we but you know we both have found our kind of like niche yes. worlds of f1 so, I would say you're more in the Twitter sphere. Very you're, much so. You're deep in with Red Bull. Yeah. So, yeah, I started follow. I had, like, created Twitter to follow politics stuff, and then I started following some Formula One drivers, and I just, like, continued to escalate. <laughs> so that now, I would say there's more Formula One than politics on my Twitter now. Yeah. I and you that. are very into Tumblr. I am, but I'm like a I'm a lifetime Tumblr at this point, Tumblrina. Um, Were you like a Tumblr person in middle school, 
I wasn't not around Tumblr when you were in did school. not exist when I was in middle school but thank you for aging me like that <laughs> but hey um, I only remember it started to exist when I was in high school if that makes you feel any better yeah so I got a Tumblr in 2009 and I think it started in 2008 and I'm not going to say where it was in life but I <laughs> have had it since but I mostly use it for like following art and poetry but then I just thought to myself I bet that Tumblr has some hot takes on Formula One because it is like a very distinctive social media website um and I've enjoyed it I'm like I don't really love the Reddit F1 I'll go on there and like look around but Tumblr F1 that's the vibe for me I'm a fan not quite as many uh crazy haters yeah well I think those go everywhere but it's definitely like there's a lot more whimsy let's say but I I mean yeah Tumblr in general I feel like has a more of a whimsy vibe than most other social medias it's definitely a more feminine take on F1 which I enjoy absolutely yeah well let's um let's talk about Suzuka because we both tuned in in the middle of the night to try and watch this race I halfway tuned in and then I caught her the rest of the next morning I was out <laughs> with friends but we had made plans to watch it and so we were like we gotta leave this bar we gotta go home and watch the race and we got home and like and then it's five red minutes in yeah I was like I was having a nice night tonight <laughs> and now I've come home to just <laughs> not even be able Stare to watch at a this. tv or a computer yeah. wait to see if the race ever restart yeah and you hear drama about the tractor on track yes yeah, yeah. so I was like kind of glad I was watching it in real time because I think if I would have watched it later the drama would not have been made as much sense yeah yeah so yeah but I was like you know, Carlos went out and I was like, oh no, why am I even watching this race? Who knows? I, I remember <laughs> feeling when it first kind of started like excited that they were actually starting the race because I feel like there have been a lot of races recently whenever there's been a lot of rain where it's like, especially like I think Monaco and um, what was the race we just had <laughs> before Singapore. this one? Singapore, Monaco and Singapore, they both, it was like torrential downpours beforehand and we had to wait so long for the tractor to get cleared and from go the whole start procedure and whatever. So I was excited. I was like, they're actually going to start a race in the rain. And it, the first two laps were utter chaos and then they shut it down. And that was what I was like. Well, honestly, it's shocking that the only two who got out were Carlos and Alex. And like, the I was entire like, race. Considering what happened in Singapore, where it was like seven people were out, that's not accurate, <laughs> I'm pretty six. sure, but it was more than two. At least two. six. Yeah, that it, um, and the visibility compared to Singapore was, yeah, it was horrible. Crazy. Horrible, horrible. And well, one thing I've been hearing is that like the visibility we see from like the driver's cameras yes. is bad. But the visibility of the actual drivers themselves, since they're lower down and there's more stuff yeah. blocking the view, it's way worse. I think it's hard to cameras imagine. where they'll show like a visor cam uh-huh. because I've seen a couple and I'm like, what are they even seeing? There's nothing out there. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. So, yeah, that was nuts. And I think I, 
I heard rumblings about like, should there have been like, why were they starting on intermediates? And I, it was interesting. I feel like um, Lando Norris in an interview after the race was saying like, you know, ultimately we're trying to go as fast as we possibly can. And we also cannot see anything. And I think that's what kind of was interesting was watching the drivers be like, yeah, I mean, it's unsafe, (laughs) but also I need to go as fast as I can because that's my job today. And you're like, oh, that's how do you, how do you balance that? And I've also heard that like the wet tires are apparently just awful where a lot of times if you can like stay going straight on intermediates, you can gain like five seconds lap instantly. Well, yeah. I mean, we saw Mick when he was out on the wet and Haas was like, we're hoping for a red flag essentially. And then you'll be the race leader. Mick just needs some good luck in his life. I don't know. I guess I don't know (laughs) enough about Mick's career, but from the little bit I'm watching, I'm like, I worry for him. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So word on the street is actually that he could potentially get the Williams seat. If, yeah, I mean, I Haas do think he's better him. than Latifi. <laughs> no, well, Latifi is gone already. No question. I know. But um, the other possibility he just finally got points is... too. <laughs> the other possibility thrown out is Logan Sargent, who's an American F two driver. Okay. Well, here's yeah, Haas. I heard that Haas Gunter was basically like, I no more rookies. <laughs> So I'm like, who are you taking? Is he gonna try and get like Daniel Ricardo? Nico Hulkenberg? <laughs> well, because Daniel has well, that is, been like, that I is who there. they're talking about. It's Nico Hulkenberg. Well, that was just me guessing. I hate that. No, that I'm is right. legitimately the, the word on the street that I hear is that it's between Mick and Nico Don't, Hulkenberg. Okay, but Nico and um what's Kevin. his name? They hate each other. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Nico and Kevin hate each other. They absolutely do. I can't even. Anne is insisting that this be a non-explicit podcast, but I'm missing my favorite catchphrase right now from <laughs> Kevin Magnuson. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a teacher. I uh, don't know if I want my students knowing that I am doing an explicit podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. So, but yeah. So not- we could potentially end up with two teams on the grid next year with drivers that hate each other okay we need to save that for later let's we go do. back to the race <laughs> okay so the first two laps of chaos and then the rain delay yeah and then it was just like then, hang out yeah and wait and watch pierre gasly be very angry so angry. and Did, the and- commentators i remember them just being like he's super mad what's he so upset about today and yes. It felt I'm, like the commentators were actively not talking about yes. the safety car and tractor situation, which is a very weird vibe. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I watched the 30 minute recap from F1 TV after, in like the morning after, because I just wanted to know what happened before I sat down and watched the whole race in full. And they, literally skip over the whole thing they basically skip the entire rain break and they don't talk about the tractor at all and that shocked me like and if i haven't watched any of the other post-race shows yet but like that seemed wild that they were like not talking about it and i've since seen 
um, a fan video of like Carlos's car on the track, all the cars going past him. He slowly gets out. Then you see the tractor drive into view and it's before the safety car. And then the safety car comes right by as the tractor is right there trying to pick up his car. And you're just like, what is happening? What is going on? And there is so much, I think, hearsay at this point. But I mean, I've read like little accounts saying that Seb talked about this in like meetings with the FIA before the race. And yeah, I heard hearsay that like, Alex the said of- that Seb talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's obviously on the top of the mind for all of the drivers, like, and to then have them, like, I don't know. It seems wild that they let that tractor go out there. I know. And I one thing I heard today is that apparently George Russell was, like, on the phone to, um, oh, what's his name? The, like, Mohammed bin Salman, the, like, new leader of the FIA, during the rain break. Like, that sounds like George. Like, this is terrible. You have to fix because he's one of the leaders of the drivers' union. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's him and Seb and him someone and I Seb. don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like a former it driver was... or someone. Okay. Yeah. It's um. It's, it's wild. wild. I can't believe they let that happen. And it's also and... weird to try and think about like. Who does responsibility fall on? Is it like the FIA was telling the safety marshals at the track, you need to go and get this cleared up now? Or is it the safety marshals at the track who didn't have clear guidelines from the FIA and were going out there because well, the people running them were telling them to? Yeah. And it's like, well, how is a red flag not called when Carlos is in a car stopped on the track and yes. no one can see him? Yes. Like, I don't, I guess I don't know enough about the regulations. Again, we don't know F what, we don't know yeah. wheel, but <laughs> I'm watching it. Like if it's, if there's a car stopped on the track and you need a safety car to drive the other cars around them on the track, like, I know they don't want to stop the race because they know that the rain is getting worse and it's going to make it harder to restart, but yes, it seems really dangerous. It seems like it wouldn't been that would not have been that difficult to say, okay, we're gonna take one lap to get them all safely behind the safety car. Cause I think part of why Pierre felt so scared is because he was trying to he catch up not. with the bunch. Yeah, all the people who were far behind were like they went by own. the tractor, but they were like or yeah. So the people who were bunched up with the safety car went by the tractor, but they were being led by the safety car going slower. And a and lot of those cars did not see the tractor because their visibility was so bad. So bad, yes. Yeah. Whereas Pierre um, could because there was no one in front of him. Yes. Yeah. Which also isn't Pierre like, some best people friends did, with I think, Charles. Yes. And there's video, I think, maybe Daniel's on board or someone's where they're like, why is there a tractor on the track right now? Like there's multiple driver on boards where they're being like, what is going on? Of them actually saying it out loud yes and pierre's pierre's like yells about it and is on board is that in the He's video like, that you sent me i haven't had a chance to watch it yet i think it is yeah and okay. he you see you see his view and so you see the tractor sort of on the left and then he drives by and then he goes why the f is there a track like he gets super mad unsurprisingly oh and gosh. i i don't know like obviously we want to speculate on like their personal like why 
like but I think for Pierre it's even like just knowing that his own very close friend had passed away and thinking of the, about the reality of that and how disrespectful it is and then obviously yeah. he's very close with Charles and, and it was interesting with that Jules I have Charles known. godfather yes I was wondering oh. if Charles was one of the top drivers that was like I'm not going to make a public comment until I hear from the FIA I don't know I haven't actually I don't remember hearing anything from Charles specifically about it but you could almost see like how emotionally drained he was afterwards and like I don't think that was because of him losing second place I don't think that was because of him losing the championship because like especially losing the championship was written on the wall like he knew that was happening yes but you could almost see on his face like he was emotionally drained it'll be interesting to see if or what he says in the future yes yeah so that's tractor gate I'm not surprised that that you know the FIA is like, don't talk about it. But <laughs> um, and then, you know, Max winning the world championship. I was like, I don't know. I think it felt a little weird. I, he was going to win it. So I'm not yeah. like he didn't he shouldn't have won it. It just felt like everyone, including Max, was like, did I win it? Yeah. Did I do all the things I had to do? And they were like, you did. We're in Japan. You won. And it was like, I, whoa. <laughs> I think out of the whole race, it was the FIA that came out looking so bad. Well, yes. Because and that's they, every race. Because no. <laughs> this one in particular, because of the like tractor on the track situation, because yes. nobody knew how points were going to be awarded. I I went to bed thinking, well, they're not going to get to at least half the race. So there's no way that Max is going to win the championship tonight. So I'm not going to miss this big moment. And Which then I also, woke though, up I think and those looked at my phone and got a notification that there's a new world champion. What? But also in watching the full race, the commentators, I think I, I can never figure out if I'm watching like the American version or the international version. Do you switch but... it to the international version? I don't know how to. I'm really lost. Then you're just F- watching the American TV. version, the same one that well, I Well, I've clicked it. I don't know. But the it, commentators it like on what I was stop watching. the video for a minute and you would hear a different person talking if you switched to the know. other one. Anyways. So the commentators spent the whole race being like, he can't win it. He can't win it. There's no way they're getting to 27 laps. It's not going to yes. happen. And then I'm. they're not showing a lap counter, but then they start saying like they have, they've done 25 laps and there's three minutes left or whatever it was and so they're gonna and get to like, the halfway it seems mark like you're really cutting this close like they up until like the last couple minutes they were like it can't be done and then they were like it might be happening and you were like why did you guys make it seem like it was impossible the whole time well but okay even with half of the distance covered if it was following the plan that everybody thought it was it wouldn't have been full points it would have been points with the top yes. 10 drivers but not as many yes and so then in that case max would not have won the world championship yes which again it comes out with the fia looking really bad because they're the one who wrote yes. these rules and in the rules like the way it's supposed to be understood is that for races that get red flagged and cannot restart this is how you award points but they yes. don't in they it's not clear that for races that get red flagged do start but don't go all the distance you still award full points yeah just like 
they just need to make it clear so people know what's going on yes but I mean I also feel like that's such so um my friend Jamie and I were talking about this she and I watched the race together and we're it and I think there's like two things at play here one like hot take I think Formula One is like, you know, it's it's the one of the most corrupt sports. That's the whole vibe. Oh, yeah. It's a bunch of rich guys. Yeah. And they make up the rules to suit what they like. Yeah. Um, and the sooner you make peace with that, the more joy you have in the sport. No. <laughs> There's a reason why Nicholas Latifi has had a seat for three years and Oscar Piastri hasn't been able to get one until this coming year. Yeah. Um and there's a reason why people are always like, wait, I thought the rules worked like this. Or like, wait, why did you know, like that's just the nature of it. But she's asking me, like, well, why do you think they wanted what like why do you think Red Bull like not Red Bull, Max won the world championship? And I'm like, Well, I don't think that they're like giving money to the FIA to like win. I just think that the FIA understands that there are like benefits to having that championship decided in Japan. Like what benefit does it give Honda to the sponsors? FIA? I think it well, they're trying to get Honda to join as like another constructor in the you future. Think Honda's gonna join as a constructor? I heard there's with Red Bull or on their own or what? On their own, and then Red Bull would have to figure out its own thing. Again, hearsay. What do I know? I don't know, wheel. <laughs> so, you know, and it's like good for fans, it's good for Red Bull. Obviously, Red Bull wants to win yeah. the contract wants Verstappen to win in Japan but I I do think that there may be like some benefits for the FIA as well yeah and it, it makes it like oh you know the other thing I was thinking about was like those fans sitting out in the stadium and they still got like half a race but they did you know yes and Much then better they got than, like, see Spa last year yeah, then they got to see the world championship crowned. Yeah. But that was funny in the driver's debrief when, is it Jensen Button comes up to Max and is like, you're the world champion. And he's like, no, I'm not. Am I? And they're like, <laughs> yes, you are. And he's like, make sure about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the so. whole, all of the like, um cool down room and the, like max going and sitting and the like red, weird red throne for the world championship was very funny because i well first of all i didn't know that that was a thing that the world champion goes and sits in a special seat um, I either I like, obviously we're fair weather fan fans very much so apparently <laughs> new fans not fair okay okay um, yeah that's better but, so yeah, i didn't expect cute. that and then it was also just like so funny because it felt like him and Charles and Checo were all kind of like, uh, I don't really know what's going on, but okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that, that was interesting. Were there any like little fights on the well, were there any Ooh. fights on the track? Was there anything else from not the top three that you wanted to make? Yeah. So that stood out to you. I thought the fighting between Esteban and Esteban and Hamilton was so good it was so much fun to watch and I thought they were both doing like a great job and it was a really interesting thing to watch where like the cars felt like they were so evenly matched where like Hamilton could, could never really quite get enough or I overtaken. honestly kind of feel like the Mercedes wasn't not 
as good as the yes. Alpine. I don't know about like if one was better than the other, but it like this weekend on Mercedes the straight, is definitely obviously. more on the level of the Alpine instead of Ferrari and Red Bull, which yes. I yeah I think the Mercedes performance is still. I mean, they're all track dependent. I think Mercedes is more noticeable sometimes compared to other cars. Um, so yeah, that was amazing. Did you see the video of Seb and Alonso racing each other to the end? Yes. That because was really lovely. It was. And I heard what happened. It Seb didn't realize that that last race was still a or so the last lap was a still lot a race lap. And so then he had to like try and like keep ahead. <laughs> Alonso, yeah. It was awesome. A classic. That brings me to one of my favorite. F1 memes, which is, you know, the Reddit, am I the asshole? Am I allowed to say that word? <laughs> you can bleep it. You can bleep it in post. Um, um, I'm trying, what one was? A-I-T-A. Okay. Am I the asshole? I'm sure you and sent so it to me. To remind me what People it's about. will write into Reddit and be like, yes, I'm yes, yes, yes. 35. So someone made a fo- fake post being like, I'm a... 30 sub 36 36-year-old male, 35-year-old male. My coworker, 40 how old is Fernando? Now? 41. 41-year-old male coworker has been such a pain in my ass for the last 15 years. I finally walked out of a meeting today because he was complaining so much and got fined $25,000. and that delights me to no end and then to know that like in his last race at his favorite track he went like wheel to wheel with Sebastian with with Alonzo and beat him what a delight um and his family was there and yeah all the sweet things did you see the pictures of Seb going through the airport with like seven bags at a cart I think I did see that. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And then when the I saw something online about his family being there and like there he, he's such a private person and then yeah. like there was one TV station that was like showing his family and one of their commentators like went and blocked the camera of like we know Seb does not want his family shown. But so when that came up that his family was there I was like oh, that must have been his family's bags that he was dragging through the airport. <laughs> look at you I know when you sent when you told me his family was there I was like you had just told me his family hasn't been to a race in like six years I know and there was speculation that was very sweet yeah I thought his wife might like come to Abu Dhabi or something like this but I feel like this is much more special I love that whole whole family came and I will say I have not seen pictures of them online yeah I haven't either which which I is good good. yeah very good thing Maybe they are going yes. around places of the internet that I'm just not aware of. I don't know. I feel like I'm in like the weird places of the internet. I haven't gone looking for them because I think it's, you know, disrespectful. Yes, but I agree. Um, I haven't seen anything. Um, and that brings me to another nothing to do with this race, but driver's debrief. Bring it back. Yeah. I know that they stopped showing that because well my understanding is because poor Grosjean was getting really like reamed by the fans <laughs> but oh, Grosjean. those are my favorite if I if anyone knows of more content where I can watch more dive, drivers debriefs I would love it because delight 
Um, okay. But do you two, remember if- it is interesting to think about the context of like a being a fan and actually caring about their safety and knowing like what's going on in those meetings, yeah. like with regards to the tractor on the track, because if that's broadcast, ideally like the FIA can't be like clipping out the drivers saying like, you can't do this. It's so unsafe. Yeah. So maybe there is a world in which it is empowering to, yeah. uh, to show those, but also it's for my own pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it is a very interesting glimpse into a less filtered look as to like what the drivers are like when they yeah. are not thinking about it because they're having to like focus on this meeting so much. But okay, do you remember if okay, there's a certain year where they put out a bunch of those driver I think it's twenty seventeen. So was Max in those meetings? Because I feel like Yeah. Oh he yeah. would be Max one of the most them- interesting people he hardly talks in this video it was also his first year yes um uh, yeah I think he hardly talks there's one where they're talking about like the yellow curb in Monaco oh well, I yeah think I he remember says, that like, one it's really big and then someone who's off screen I almost think it's Christian Horner goes no <laughs> and then he's just like <laughs> <laughs> that's like that whole video is delightful because Danny Kvyat says some he calls it the yellow trampoline and then Daniel Ricardo can't stop laughing <laughs> and then it's like cut to Carlos Sainz just like looking that should around be the real like classic Daniel Ricardo clip not the him and Lando at the press conference yeah yes he like literally can't <laughs> stop laughing it's delightful <laughs> But it's also like interesting in the context of like Drive to Survive where it's all this drama when it's like they're literally playing out that drama in the meeting being like, well, Chaco, I think you cut off Lance. Well, who are you? His dad? Like, (laughs) and, you know, and then ultimately like it's a way to kind of air their concerns and be like, I think you cut me off. And have someone else be like, well, actually, this was my thinking. And here's, and then the race director is like, okay, well, we've reviewed it all and determined you're not at fault. Yeah. (laughs) Or whatever, you know. Um, I feel like it's definitely interesting. Yes. I feel like George would be the one bringing up issues all the time now. George would get the Grosjean edit. Yes. Because in the the recordings that are up, it's Grosjean being like, are you allowed to take off your seatbelt? No. Okay, well, I think Hamilton's doing that. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to watch it, but obviously not if it puts the driver's safety at risk, but truly it's like my favorite little. I get the reasons why not, but it would be so interesting to watch. Right? Yeah. So that's my fave. Well, is there anything else you want to say about the race? Should we talk about the Charles penalty? The Charles I know you had all. some thoughts. I don't know that I have any hot takes anymore because I'm just like, I don't Charles himself know. thought that it was fair for the record. <laughs> and like, Grace, <laughs> don't be more of a Ferrari fan than Charles is. <laughs> no, I was getting ready to defend the fact that I'm a Red Bull fan from you. I would not. I'm... <laughs> um... Yeah, I I don't know. I think that there's um there wasn't very good video of it. So I feel like that impacts yeah. how people think of it. Yes. Yeah. I think um especially the I like Charles cutting Checo off part. Yeah. When I watched it again and like listened to some more 
commentary on it my understanding is like it's actually not really that he went off the track because he didn't really gain an advantage from that but it's that when he got back on the track he really cut Checo off mm-hmm. and um because I'm sure that turf was and, slower and there's other yeah the other side of it is like well when he's on the turf Checo can't exactly take him over you don't know which one would have been faster in that corner yeah. um it's just a bummer and then there's the reality of like I don't know as I meditate more and more on Formula One, I think that you can't win without being pretty heartless. You know, like yeah. if you want to be a winner, you have to accept that sometimes the way that you win will not be so clean. Yeah. Like that seems like the reality. Um, yeah. It's like you have to jump at literally anything that you can. Yes. And not and care do. Like the, people. It's like Toto and Horner and they're and Benito, they're all out here for blood, <laughs> no matter what. Um, and I don't think that I have that um, inside of myself. So I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, I can see both sides of it. So I don't know that I'm good. I don't have any harsh words here. I'm like, well, Max is going to win the championship. Yeah. So... Yeah. I guess. Oh well. Yeah. I I think the I think the long lasting impressions I'm gonna have from it is number one, I think it in a way shows some of the ways that Charles still needs to grow as a driver if he wants to be world champion. And I think he completely can be. Yes. He has all the skills, but like the way that like I mean, Checo was under pressure from him for most of the race last week. And yeah. did not make a mistake. Yes. And Charles did. Which yes. like is just like it's it's comparing two different races and it's only like yes. one scenario of each. But I, I still think that is something. And then I also think that like the way that Charles afterwards so immediately was like, yeah, the penalty was probably fair and was like not really fighting it. Yeah. And didn't seem that upset by it. Yeah. It's like he's almost too nice for his own good, which is part of what I love about him. But yeah. it, again, if he wants to be world champion, Max Verstappen could not care less what any of the other drivers think of him. Yes. And, and he that's hasn't what... since he stepped into Formula One. They all hated him. Yes. Yeah. And that's the reality is like you're going to be world champion. Like people are not going to like you. All right, so I guess now we should jump into our hot gossip for the week from the world of Formula One. There's been a lot going on this week, I feel like. So much. I also feel like this season has been particularly dramatic in general. Yes. And this is just a continuation of that somehow. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely feels like a good point for there to be a lot of changes because I think... Yes. I mean, obviously, I've only followed quite closely since drive to survive but i wonder how much drive to survive is getting teams to keep drivers around that they wouldn't always because they're so hot on drive to survive okay we talked about this earlier and like i understand where you're coming from but i feel like it must not be i don't think it's that much of a factor with teams because why is the fia out here like you have to let the rookies in the car for test Okay, in my defense, okay, 
when we're looking at the drivers and who has been on Drive to Survive and like who is newer and started after Drive to Survive, if you look at Yuki, he is like now super popular on their internet. And and so like if drivers can gain that popularity, like why wouldn't teams just want to get whatever driver is best? I... I definitely like see what you're saying, but I do think there's a lot to be said for like, there's a reason sequels get made all the time over making something new because companies know that they'll sell. And, and there's a reason they're kind of crappy. Yeah, I know. Well, and I also feel like, um, okay. Yuki replaced Daniel Kvyat. Is that yes. true? Who is like never and Daniel Kvyat was never really survive. on Drive to Survive, which honestly I don't understand because I thought he was kind of funny, but he would have been out anyways because he's Russian now, and I think he's made some like inflammatory statements <laughs> about oh, Russia and Ukraine. Maybe he hasn't, but he's on some other racing team, maybe like a Le Mans team or something. And I know he's done a little NASCAR. He's like a a Russian only team and someone from that team made some sort of inflammatory statement and he didn't say anything about it did you heard about how nikita mazepin started a like charity for athletes who are not allowed to compete because of bad political reasons i mean nikita mazepin only had a seat because he had money so Haas needed his dad's money yeah but yeah, but, let's dive into the, you know, silly season, the driver's market. Yeah, yeah um, it's okay. I think this season feels more dramatic because the drivers between last season and this season have remained fairly consistent. And now there's like a lot of changes that are happening. Uh, yes. So let's, let's first say, what was your dream team? Because my dream team was actually Pierre Daniel Ricardo. I was like, Wherever those two can end up together, that's the dream. No one else would listen to me, but I wanted it. <laughs> that's a very interesting team. Um, ooh, okay. Is this in terms of personality or driver ability? Up to you, Anne. I was like thinking about what were the likely like movements, and I was like, I would like those two to be on a team together. I think their driving styles suit each other and I think their humor suits each other. <laughs> yeah, and they're also really good friends. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Can I think about that one and like get yeah, back to it? Yeah, come this? back to it. Because I, yeah, I need a little Well, so that. now we know Pierre is leaving and he's going to go meet up with his lifetime sort of friend esteban friend me. um have you seen the memes that are like about how este is just like we're we're friends of course we're friends don't worry about the past we're friends <laughs> i've not and seen the memes Pierre but i did see like, esteban we've been up we've been down we're everywhere in between and yet we still find the love for each other and i just love it <laughs> yeah I have not seen the memes but I did see Esteban's statement where he he didn't call him Pierre it was some like French version of Pierre's name oh I saw that too yes which felt very sweet 
Um, yes. And he posted is, like the picture of them when they were like little tiny yes, kiddos. Very sweet very cute. statement. Um, and then I did see Pierre's interview after being announced as Alpine. It's like a long form 15 minute interview. And that, yeah, he does talk about his up and down relationship with Estefan. <laughs> Which it seems like yeah. they're both trying to go into this with a like, all right, we're going to be teammates. Let's, let's try and get along i think it's really not going to be known what happens until they start racing each other yeah until they start stealing each other's girlfriends because that's the real hot goss here is that or is it ralph schumacher was Uh saying that the reason why they're not friends is because pierre stole esteban's girlfriend (laughs) yeah which tracks no very much (laughs) it does seem like but there is almost a surprising number of drivers who have like had the same girlfriend which is a little more than weird but it's a small world like I feel like that's how real life works too yeah like people date in the same circle so I'm not going to comment too far on that but I will say that to me just my perception of it is that Esteban is a little bit prickly <laughs> uh, or like he and prickly is maybe not the right word but it seems like uh he's he's out there he's got a Fernando Alonso kind of temperament um and it's super but obviously, like, he, he drives pretty well. Um, I'm always surprised that him and Mick are so close because I'm, like, I feel like you actually run the risk of, like, alienating yourself from the rest of the grid by being too close with Este, which is a really mean sentiment. That's just my perception yeah. of what's happening there. I don't know. I have yeah. no idea. At the same time, Mick is, like, best friends with Seb and if you're in with Seb then you're cool with everybody apparently no (laughs) yeah so (laughs) we we know Mick's not going to go hang out with his bestie Este very true um and we also know know Seb is leaving we know Seb is leaving and we know that that Nick DeVries is going to AlphaTauri yeah which I was very pleased for him so happy for Nick DeVries I think he did an amazing job when he got, was it P9 in the Williams? I think so. It's either eight or nine. It's it was wild not that he was able to do that in the first I race know. out there. First race he's Whereas, ever done like, in Formula One. George Russell had like, was it two or three years before he got his first point? It was in the middle of his third year. And this man drives for Mercedes. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he, uh, well, at, to be fair, at the end of George Russell's second year was a secure 2020 race where he drove a Mercedes and got nice. Yes. So he got two points there. But anyways, yeah, I'm so excited for Nick DeVries. Yeah. Slightly for disappointed him. that Marcus Erickson's prediction is now dead, but... <laughs> What was his prediction? He um okay, so he had said that. Okay, 
okay, let me try to remember everything. He said McLaren was going to be Oscar Piastri and Lando. Lando. He said that Haas was going to be Daniel and Kevin. And he said that Alpha Tori was going to be Mick and Yuki. And he said that Alpine was going to be um I'm losing it. Uh, what was it? Este and Pierre. Oh yeah, sorry. Alpine was gonna be Esteban and Pierre, and then he said Williams would be Nick DeBreeze and Alvin. Well, so he could end up with just he two could drivers. Still be being kind lit. of right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let me tell you the most wild fan prediction I've read on the internet, which I feel like this could go into our tumblr chaos segment but i did read someone say um i think what's going to happen is that daniel will be reserved for mercedes mercedes is going to get back the 2021 champ or the 2020 championship because of the cost cap issues Mm -hmm. and then lewis will say actually i've got my eighth championship i think i'm done and Daniel will take his spot. And I was like, I love the optimism. Yeah. But it's absolutely quite optimistic. That would be real silly. No. Yeah. <laughs> that would be like, wait, what? So <laughs> that one cracked yeah, me up. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I'm... I think most any driver on the grid would take that Mercedes seat, even if they like currently have a contract, if they could get out of it, they would take yeah. it. So Mercedes would not be in the position of like, oh, we have to get a driver in here. We have to use the reserve. And Hamilton has very much been saying like, Hamilton's I'm not going out- anywhere. I can drive like this for another five years. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's never going to happen. Um, I agree. Which, let's bring that to the cost cap quickly. That's actually a perfect segue. One of my favorite things is watching these team bosses, like, be friendly with each other when it suits them. So I love the pictures of Bonotto and uh, Toto walking out of somewhere and shaking hands and then, like, walking apart. And and I love, like, Christian Horner and Toto being like, we're not friends anymore. And it's like, <laughs> you guys are... <sighs> That's the... Those guys are actually the real housewives that's, like, happening in oh, Formula yeah. One. Yeah. The drivers are not the real housewives. They're Vanderpump rules. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I feel like one of the stronger parts of drive to survive last season they had way too much christian in total but when they started talking about like the similarities between the two of them i was like that's like something i had not thought of before like they're both like comparatively young to a lot of the other team managers they both have young famous wives they both have young families and like they're both insanely committed to their job yeah. Yeah. No, there the I agree that the relationship between principles is fascinating. Right. Yeah. So cost cap, Red Bull, is it is yes. it clear? It seems like they for sure went over. F, the FIA has said it's Red Bull that's being investigated. Yes. Uh, and Williams had earlier in the year had a like procedural abnormality. 
and it's William spending their money on that they're going well, it's not Costco. extra money it's like they filed forms incorrectly or late or something like that yeah no kidding. Um, and same thing with Aston Martin now uh, okay that was the that was the joke that I saw that was like yes. <laughs> where are Which, they spending their money I know <laughs> the vibe that I've been getting is that essentially Red Bull is saying that like there was some money that they thought didn't, didn't count, count towards the cost cap, but then it does. And, and for it was some catering. reason, the internet has decided <laughs> that it's catering. That I, it started somewhere. I don't know where it started. All I know is I just started seeing all of these memes on Twitter. Um, but yeah, and so now apparently they're like, Red Bull and the FIA are going to come to some sort of agreement like ferrari's agreement where they're just like (laughs) your employees will not be so well fed for the next two years perfect um but that if they can't come to an agreement a like independent governing court will decide what's going to happen yeah i mean i'm interested to see what's going to happen i think we all acknowledge there's no way red bull's getting anything more than a slap on the wrist I would be astounded if the drivers' championship changed at all. I would, yeah. I would be less surprised, and I think it's more possible for the constructors' championship to change. But Red Bull didn't win the constructors last year. They didn't. Yeah, but like so, I've heard some people say that, like potentially, like Red Bull could be stripped stripped of their entire constructors' championship, which, like, because of the amount of money that they're making from sales wouldn't really matter that much in terms of the prize money that they get okay well that's a question about the cost cap because I don't know anything I don't know wheel um the cost cap I assumed was just like a straight cost cap for all the teams I believe it is 145 million it's not like it's not variated based on where they are in the championship no I think it's it's like if you can fundraise it you can spend this much money yeah I think in 2020, there was a like weird in-between year where there was various steps. I'm not sure. Okay. And then this 2021, it was the strict everyone's limit is 145. But then there are certain things that do or don't count towards that. Interesting. Yeah, because I think on the one hand, I'm like, they went over the cost cap. Yeah. If it actually was for catering, I know this is crazy, but I'm like, they should be feeding their employees. Well, the thing is that it still is a significant mistake by Red Bull because if they like weren't counting their catering money the way that they were supposed to, then that money, they had Should've... extra money that got put into their pot for like developing the car or doing other things. Yes. Yeah. And that's so what I was reading why it's just catering per se, still a significant mistake. Yes. And that's where I was reading where people were talking about, like, it's funny until you think about the fact that there are people who lost their jobs to meet this cost cap yeah. that potentially didn't at Red Bull. Yeah. Um, but I think, again, there's something interesting with the cost cap there where, I don't know, I, I, I think in general, I am pro the cost cap for like evening out the disparity in funds that these teams have. I agree. But I'm pro worker and the workers need to eat. 
I agree. I agree with all of that. So <laughs> I don't know how that all shakes out. Cause I imagine yeah. Haas is not uh, providing a meal for all of their workers all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it w- I would be fascinated to see for some teams like Haas or like Williams, maybe. I don't know. Some of the lower teams on the grid that don't have a lot of money. How much below the cost cap are they? Yeah, I would love because to know too. Because I, I feel like there could still be a significant disparity in terms of how much money teams are spending. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, but and there also, that brings up the like complex interplay of like, are there ways that teams like Mercedes are getting around this or Ferrari are getting around this by being like, they're not on the F1 team. They're on the this team. So they can get paid out of this budget and it just happens that this work is able to be like purchased by the F1 team or like, are there ways they're getting around that? Yeah. Cause I feel like there have to be, and that's smart, but also, you know, then if you're not, you know, if you're not providing the engine or you're not, you know, car manufacturer, it must be more complicated to. Yeah. Yeah. I to fudge the books. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what the punishment given out is because it's going to set a really significant precedent because if it is like, if it is a true and harsh judgment and like consequence for Red Bull, it's going to make it so teams are very cautious about the cost cap in the future. And if it's not, I feel like for the top teams, they're all going to start doing whatever they want they're all going to start spending that 5% over the cost cap of like, well, we can get away with this now. Yeah. So no, I think you're right. That will be interesting. I also, the one thing I can guarantee is that it's going to create drama on the internet and have a very polarized reaction, whatever gets announced. Yes. No yeah. matter what. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that it's Red Bull that's going over the cast cop, cast cop, cap and not ferrari because it feels like ferrari (laughs) you know like you're like it feels like ferrari and i assume that what ferrari is doing is being like no 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 they're employed by our esports division no 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 they're employed by our you know like that seems like the smart way to get around that because then Mm -hmm. you can have all their meals catered through the other budget Mm -hmm. i don't know (laughs) bring it back to catering yeah I don't know. It also feels very Red Bull of like, we're going to push whatever lines we can. Yeah. I don't know. And I say that as a Red Bull fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So that'll be interesting. I can't believe they took very. so long to come out with that. It should have been out at Singapore. What are we doing? It. They should just should not have said when it was going to come out until it was like they were ready to go. <laughs> Which, okay, the other interesting thing is how did teams get such accurate information about which teams were in breach of the cost gap? Like, how they're all gossiping. (laughs) But it's supposed to be, like, confidential information, and yet, it seems like nothing. Know what's going on ahead of time and are talking to reporters saying, like, we are basically sure that Red Bull has gone over the cost gap and Aston Martin has as well 
nothing in F1 is confidential. If I know anything about these rich white guys, it's that they love to gossip. Let's be honest. If I know anything about the old rich white guys, they love to gossip. If I know anything about the young rich white guys, they they're very hot. Gossip. No. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so that that will be interesting to see it will be um what was there another hot item that we were supposed to talk about today do we want to talk more about the potential features of mick and danny yeah let's hit it you're the big mick fan here i would say i'm a bigger danny fan i'm a classic you're unique. I'm a fan of both of them equally, I would say. That's fair. Um, I want to love Mick because I see that he gets a lot of internet love, but I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't what dislike about it. Don't I you understand, don't Grace? I don't know. He's he's just never done anything that's made me be like, what a cute, what a what a fun, silly guy. No, he's less fun and silly and more just cutie. Good luck to him. Okay. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen with Mick? So I have heard two things about Mick, which is that number one, him and Ha started negotiations after Singapore is a rumor. And I've I heard loved Gunther that if being he like... doesn't, <laughs> I've heard if he doesn't stay at Haas, Williams is almost waiting to see if Mick stays at Haas because they potentially want to offer Mick a seat if he doesn't stay at Haas. Honestly, I think that Mick actually should go to Williams. What makes Because they need a Nicholas Latifi replacement. <laughs> and they're used to dealing with so many crashes. <laughs> was Mick the one who was highest on the chart for the money spent in crashes? Yes, he was. Oh, Mick. Yeah. There's a D is it called a destructors championship that like a fan makes on the internet that I saw on Tumblr recently. That's which, which drivers are costing their team the most through crashes or just like things going wrong on their car. Yes. And Mick Schumacher was at the top of the list. Yes. Grace said that to me and I taught here, I'm pulling it up and we'll. Okay. Let's look at it together. Three. Oh yeah, God. let's hear the top three. Because I want to say that I think it's Mick Latifi. And I'm not sure about the third. Mick Latifi and Joe. Yeah, poor Joe. I, I, know. I, don't, I don't know that that's his fault. I think he's too close to Latifi on the grid. And I think <laughs> that will make you a top destructor. This is yeah. not a Latifi hate podcast, but I'm just being honest about the realities of being yeah. Latifi. Who was the team principal that said, like, sometimes it's the driver, sometimes... Toast. Toast. Is that his name? Oh, Gene Toast. The... I think it was him. Is he a so Romeo? Drivers. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So Which would make like, sense sometimes with, with Joe. Car, but... sometimes, it's a, sometimes it's the track. Sometimes it's Latifi. I'm with Toast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, Joe was... Uh, third on there which i'm sure a significant part of that was his silverstone crash unfortunately yeah yeah and that's yeah and like what hamilton's fourth and carlos Sainz is fifth so just because you're Mm -hmm. racing at a top team doesn't mean that you're not a destructor as well the hamilton one is the one that surprised me the most 
Yeah. And that has to be from a big crash too. It must've been, I think there was like one really big crash and I, the sad part is I honestly can't remember what that was or what it was. Maybe yeah, it was and in, they do. Maybe it was in practice of qualifying. I don't think so, but they do make a caveat that says like it's not you. You can't tell who's at fault. It's just that yeah. this is how much this yeah. person's car has cost the team over the season. Yes, um, can't account for bonus bowling. Yeah, so I do think, um, but I just also isn't there some chance that William or I thought Williams was hopefully getting like quite a big cash influx soon or like well, they have a new group of owners and so they are much less strapped for cash than they used to be when they're owned by the Williams family yeah so maybe they're gonna you know get back to the glory I think uh Albon and Schumacher that's a nice little ring to it Um, oh yeah those two would be they would be good buddies yeah I think that would be lovely I so I think my dream would have been like a Daniel Pierre Renault team, maybe, even though Renault's like so chaotic. Well, it's not Renault, Alpine, Alpine team. Like that would have been a little chaotic, but I would have enjoyed. Um, but I think Danny at Haas would be wonderful, although it seems like he's not interested. Maybe. And I want to know why he's so anti. Like I'm like, give me yeah. the tea on that. Yes, I agree. Which. Maybe he's trying to play it like he's not too interested to help with negotiation. But if you're going to Haas, you're not really going there for the money. You're just going there because you want to have fun driving if you're Daniel Ricardo. Yes, which I think um, Will Buxton tweeted about that and was mm-hmm. basically like, listen, taking a reserve seat is not the move. And I'm with Will Buxton on this. that yeah. I'm like, where are you coming back from that? Yeah, because you're just going to be sitting in the back of the garage and... During you're not weeks. proving that so you've gotten better yeah which you might get a couple of fp1 sessions but that's basically the extent unless someone gets sick or injured and when it's lewis and george they're so consistent that it'd be really surprising if you ever needed to fill in for one of them so i don't know yeah i don't know i mean george is mr consistent <laughs> well until um, the last two races yeah, so I guess I think if he can get a one-year contract with Haas, that actually seems like the, to me, the best move. And I wonder how much his management is telling him, like, you're too good for Haas. And it's like... Yeah. Which, in my opinion, is not the right message from his management. But but who knows? That's us speculating. Who knows? Could who knows? be that Haas doesn't want Daniel. Too much of a diva. <laughs> I feel like Haas you think would want Haas him would be so motivated to get him. Yeah, especially yeah. when Haas keeps trying to sell themselves like an American team. And it's like, He's here's the, the ultimate American. American. Daniel no Ricardo. one likes Lance Stroll. He's Canadian. I know, but that's like the closest to America. <laughs> that's the closest. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it is. He's Canadian. I love acting like he's American. But yeah, I mean, we'll have to see where that all shakes out. You know what I'm actually really excited for for next year is seeing Lance Stroll with Fernando Alonso. And how long will that last before Fernando strangles someone? 
<laughs> before Fernando strangles Lance Stroll. What's his dad's name? Lawrence. Lawrence. Lawrence is the one who should really be watching his back. Yeah. Well, I feel like if anything, it might end up with Fernando just like quitting in the middle of the year because he can't deal with that dynamic on the team. It'd be interesting. He like he should be having a bit of an idea of what he's walking into (laughs) before he walks into it. I mean, which has to ask the question like what is going on at Renault or at Alpine yeah. sorry I'm just not saying Renault <laughs> um what's going on at Alpine I know I I really do not understand there has to be something that's making these really good drivers not want to stay there and it's yeah. difficult to understand what it is from the outside but there must be something and interesting that it's Otmar who's leading right now because he's obviously making quite a fast car as mm-hmm. he did when it was Force India. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was called. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm I feel super. Like they have, Alpine has looked like they've been more solidly the fourth best car on the grid compared to McLaren this year. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and yeah, just. I hope that there's an episode of Drive to Survive about this topic because I'm just really intrigued. <laughs> I agree. Um, okay, before we move along to your okay. input from the Tumblrverse, okay. I, in the back of my head, have been thinking about a dream team. I'm going to go with a dream team of who I think would be like the best drivers together in okay. terms of like competitiveness and they're like driving styles complement each other which i think would be max and lando wow i was gonna i wasn't saying that i feel like i would have thought um albon and lando interesting tell me more i sorry let me just double check i thought i had do not disturb on there we go okay i think i didn't set it for long enough that is fixed now. Um, okay, can you repeat that for me, please? <laughs> Tell me why. Tell me more about oh, why you think. Okay, I think that they are two of the most consistent and fast drivers on the grid, and they are two of the drivers that get in the least accidents. And well, Max today least accidents. Um, and there is an aspect of that that's just like when you become the leader. Yes, and I feel like they have both shown an enormous skill in, like, turning a team to be their team. And so I think putting them together would be really interesting because they are both so strong that it would, like, it feels almost like they would be unbeatable. It's an interesting, yeah. But it could I also mean, blow up, like, Nico Rosberg and Lewis. Yeah. I I think actually you've surprised me in that that seems very realistic that Red Bull could be trying to get Lando eventually. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. it seems like they do have a real, to me, it looks like um, Checo and Max are so nicely paired because they get along. Checo is pretty like amenable at this point to like being a team player. And that and- is that would be the part that I would worry about if I was Red Bull and I was thinking like, oh, Lando, what a strong driver. Yeah. He's so young. I 
can't imagine a world in which he's amenable to be a team player. As a watcher, that would be some good TV. Yes. Yeah. And like with Checo, even when he's had what people say are like difficult weekends, this year he like when he finished, he has not finished outside of the top six. Um, which I think is pretty impressive. And it's like he's not struggling in the same way that Alex Alban and Pierre Gasly did with the car. Yes. Um, so I think Checo totally is definitely fulfilling his role. I think in reality, what may happen is like in the real, real world, I think when Lewis retires, there's a strong chance that Lando could end up at Mercedes replacing him. And that, well, and then him and George would eventually destroy each other. I was going to say that I actually think, um, that the McLaren is the McLaren and the Red Bull are like opposite ends of the spectrum for the way that they drive. And I wonder if Lando would really, if it would be quite an adjustment to come to Red Bull. Yeah. Because the McLaren, at least up until this year has been a very understeery car. Mm -hmm. And Red Bull is the complete opposite. You are right about that. So that'd be interesting. So that seems like that would be troublesome. That could be their own Daniel Ricardo. Like he shows up and they're like, why is this not working? <laughs> It'd be interesting. But yeah. yeah. Okay. I like I like your team up though. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um Tumblr verse. Let's hit the Tumblr verse. So Anne is the big tweeter here. She's I never tweet, in... I just follow. You're on Twitter. <laughs> Anyways. She's on Twitter. She knows what's up with the F1 gossip on Twitter. She keeps me abreast. I'm the Tumblrina here, which I feel has a little, little difference there. So oh. I did this week. I was just kind of like keeping my eye on what's out there. And uh, I think Tumblr was like quite a buzz with the tractor of it all in Japan, yes. which was fair. Um but I did a little scan because I was like interested in what happens um, during these races with like the fan fiction that's produced about these drivers. So <laughs> there's people out in the world who want to write stories about their favorite drivers. And uh, I wanted to see what happened. So I did a quick search this week to see what happens with the themes and the drivers that are getting written about. Now, Charles Leclerc, he's always at the top of the list. Everybody loves Charles. They all want to write stories about Charles. Always. That seems consistent. <laughs> um, Pierre's up there. I think Pierre is just like fun and sexy. But I also think that the tractor thing was out there because here's what I noticed. When uh, Carlos Sainz had like a quite a uh, spike and I think they were all related to crashes and people like to write angsty stories. Yeah, so interesting. That really surprised me. I was like, is this what people are out here thinking about? That <laughs> if I was connected to F1, it would be in relation, like, what would my experience be of a crash? I, I thought that was a little interesting, a little wild. So Very. Um, that, came, that was coming up a bit. 
Um, and then I thought, you know, Max Verstappen just won the championship. You'd think there'd be a ton of Max Verstappen fan fiction. He does not, not feel like thick. the type of driver that would be ever very high up on the fan fiction list. You know, he he's out there. I see his stuff come past my dash. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was like, actually, in this weird case, Carlos is having more fan fiction than Max. And that seems that seems a little different to me. Yeah. Wow. So that was that was cracking me up. That's um, interesting. Yeah. But you know who is in there? Um, also who who always has like a couple fix floating around um is Mick, Mick Schumacher. Really? Yeah, he seems very like beloved by the Tumblr girls. The Tumblers. Yeah. There's girls and everyone else out there. But um I feel like the perfect kind of explanation to why he is beloved by a lot of people is he chose 47 as his number without realizing that in a way it stands for like four number seven, who was his dad, which is like so sweet. So I feel like that that to me explains Nick Mick appeal, Grace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely up there. If I was going to rank like the drivers who I think are having the most fiction written about them right now, I think it's probably Charles, Pierre, and Mick, surprisingly. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Once in a blue moon, you'll see a little Esty Bestie. You see, of course, you see Lewis Hamilton out there. I mean, they're mm-hmm. all out there. That's, I love that too, though. Like, I recently saw my first Fernando fic. And I was like, I'm not reading this. No, (laughs) I said, I will not be reading this. No. I feel Um, like there is probably more Carlos and Fernando and Checo fanfic than you realize that are just written in Spanish. I, girl, I see the Spanish fix. I'm not (laughs) sorting those out. Color be impressed. Thank you. I'm I'm out here doing the important work, the journalism, if you will, on what's happening in fan fiction. But I think also that um, Fernando is too old. Yeah. <laughs> Not mm-hmm. actually, but I think just for like the ages of the people who are often writing these, although fan fiction is an all ages affair, but um, a lot of the writers tend to be a little bit younger. So I think Fernando Paul's a little old, but I think, you know, He's getting the love. They're all getting, they're all uh, getting some engagement. How about that? <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, but I was quite excited. I was like, this is a name I have not seen in the mix. So <laughs> they're all out there. Don't worry. But maybe in a future episode, we'll dig in. I have an, I have a fic that I wanted to bring to the table. Excellent. So keep that, keep that as a little spice for like, show up next episode we'll talk about the Verstappen devil. They're not who you think they are. It's not Max. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Well, is there anything else you want to add to our episode today? Um, Jumping out of the episode for a second, I think we should wait to do the, like, favorite meme or thing from the week until next week. Yeah. Or two weeks from now when we've had a chance to, like, plan ahead. Yeah, um, but I think that's just about wraps up the insane Formula One week that we've had. Yeah, it definitely has not been a, a simple week. Definitely not. 
Things yeah. are too hot. Agreed. I think the the big question on my mind for the future is what's going to happen with Danny? Mm-hmm. That's the big question on my mind. I think the big question on my mind is, is the FIA ever going to get their stuff together and stop making people mad? Oh, I actually, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to that. And it's no. <laughs> I think you may be right. But I love your optimism. <laughs> I, yeah. I got a little too much of the eternal optimist in me. But yeah. But that is helpful with teaching eighth graders. <laughs> some days. I love it. Yeah. 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 Well, perfect. Well, I'm excited to join you to talk about the Circuit of the Americas. Yeah. Circuit of the Americas. Two weeks. Two weeks. It's going to be a blast. I'm so excited for Danny's new merch he's dropping. I cannot I'm wait excited. for Danny to get to Texas and to see all of the content about how happy he is here. I also feel like, um, I feel like a lot of my favorite drivers have said they really enjoy Austin. So I'm like happy to see that. I think it'll be fun. Agreed. And I think it's highly unlikely it's going to rain, even though I enjoy a rain race, but I think we could, we could take one off. There's been a lot of rain this year. A surprising yeah. amount of rain. I mean, Monaco, Singapore, um, and of course, Japan. Yeah. I think so, there's been some others too. I think there have as well, but I couldn't name them. Spa qualifying? Yeah. I mean, a spa, but. <laughs> yeah. What did you expect? Yeah. No, it'd be nice to go to Austin. Hopefully, dry race. Hopefully, a fun race. If it Hopefully rains in Austin, of... that'll be a miracle. <laughs> Hopefully lots of Danny and a cowboy hat. I think we have nothing to fear on that front. <laughs> I agree. Okay. I think I didn't realize till last year quite how happy he was in Austin and quite how often he wore a cowboy hat when he's in Austin. Yes. You know what we should talk about next time is actually driver YouTube channels. Ooh, that's a good idea yes perfect i love it okay well expect that next time driver youtube channels will report back and tell you who has the best and who has the worst absolutely <laughs> and who doesn't have one that's a, yeah yeah we should yeah. like beforehand we should divide up the grid and do a little research a little light research mm -hmm. i'll be there Already, I'm already doing some research. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, I'll, we'll see you then. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to We Don't Know Wheel F1. Hope you join now us you next know, week. We really don't know wheel. <laughs> oh <F1>. my. <laughs> and we should figure out some sort of outro at some point. I know. Yeah, we can work on that one. All right. Ooh, I'm gonna stop recording. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>